Welcome everyone to yet another power-packed and absolutely stunning session here at UNP in our series, Onen Be It. Today, our guest is the extraordinary explorer, researcher, and innovator in visual and performing arts, Preeta Kundu. Preeta has been practicing Bharatnatyam and yoga for the past 19 years. She started learning more contemporary movement forms in 2003, beginning with her training in Odeshaka technique. She thrives on exploring any movement style that she comes across and adapting it in her practice. She also practices developing improvisational movement pieces that explore self-expression through dance that is not restricted to a particular style, but constantly evolves and takes new creative forms. As a part of her personal movement research, she is building a pedagogy focused to develop a structured and systematic technique that allows a person to create their own movement styles, irrespective of their age, background, and prior training. She is also the co-founder of Aramandi to Attitude, a movement community, and has recently won the WE Award. So congratulations, Britta, on your award. And welcome. So tell us more about the award that you won and what was it for? Thank you so much for that introduction. And yeah, so this is a grant um, which was so uh, from the V program, which is directed by uh, a Swiss performer and artist called Mathilde Gillet. She does all these community uh, activities. So the idea is to encourage and empower artists, uh, emerging artists, or in the different world. And so every month she takes these awesome. She takes one awesome uh, a V class. It's called the V class. So it's like one and a half hour class, uh, and you contribute to that class. And from the donations in that class, she uh, you know, starts this we open call where any artist who wants uh, as a project to do, do the movement, it can be about expressing, like uh, learning a new style, teaching somebody some educational project, basically anything movement related that you see support for and unable to get it. So you write a proposal and then throughout uh, the month she leave proposals and then five judges. And at the end, uh, one person gets that award for that She does this every time. So anybody in the world, as long as you're over the age of 18, that a project to take forward, that get the support. Yeah. It was just nice. Like, I uh, had been following her for ages like I know what she does like brilliant movement pieces that she'll post online every other day and uh, then she started with this program so yeah I was uh, like I applied for the first uh, yeah it's been incredible and yeah so that's to be award <laughs> Brilliant. So let's rewind and let's go to your, what point you started learning dance and, uh, you know, you're trained in Paratnatyam 
And uh, tell me at what point did this occur to you that you need to do something and take this, you know, beyond the traditional, you know, approaches that people, because, you know, if you're a trained Bharatanatyam dancer, the obvious part is at some point you open a Bharatanatyam school and teach Bharatanatyam. But you, you did completely a reverse turn and, you know, you explore different techniques. So at what point in your life did you decide to take this leap? And why? Yeah, I mean, I'm not sure. Like, <laughs> I think, um, <laughs> like, um, I think it was when I was uh, doing my uh, research work uh, in 2000. It was, a long, like, it was a long time after I started. Somewhere in 2018, 19, I think, when I had given up uh, dancing actually for the longest time because I thought I couldn't do good research and this and think that was too much. And then I sort of uh, figured out that I need both in my life. I can't go one way or the other. And uh, I started getting back into movement and I was learning to improve because that was the only available movement class around anything to do with movement that I sort of enjoyed at that point. So I started with that and then it sort of looked like a dance to me and I was always like a fan of these uh, some movies uh, where I had this you know vision of some people artists and it always looked like they were like flawlessly dancing and sometimes with a partner in that case it was probably more aggressive or not or whatever but uh, yeah so I started incorporating uh, those movements in my uh, improvisations at that time I would also like you know start this type which was put on music and then start improvising like for hours on it it was more like a kind of a meditation for me I think I mean I don't know that but it just helped me clear my mind and helped me settle down like maybe you know stay grounded and I felt very happy doing that and you know just moving without expectations for myself and without expectation of where it is doing I just dance and I'm the only goal was that I'll just dance to this music and I'm gonna do that until this stops and I'm gonna play this music for an hour a few hours now. I was very nice and then I realized that I like improvising and uh, yeah so from then on I started doing like earlier like you said being trained in very traditional forms it was very easy to you know be stuck not improvising and always for your like performing set pieces mm. and being very stringent about uh, what is right and wrong what looks good, what is pretty, what is bad dancing, what is good. <laughs> yeah, and also, you know, not creating new things in some sense. Mm. Like, uh, and I was like, it took me quite a while to really break away from it. And uh, so it felt very nice to be improvising. Then I realized I want to do that instead of having set pieces all the time. So I started with this thing where I would actively enroll to perform on stage because I was like, I need to like break away from mm. this habit of being stuck in my head. And then I'd randomly play some songs and I'd start improvising on stage. So that's how I started. 
and then I realized I and then I had this injury. Uh, I sort of got my ankle during that time I sort of I had nothing to do so I started exploring other things that I could do, you know, not moving and all kinds of exercises and stuff. So and at that time I also started sort of in my head I was doing all of and I was thinking of newer ways to uh, address what is it that I'm doing, where can go. After that, my recovery process, I think, was uh, like very important all of this happening because I was I had to do all these physiotherapy and uh, not like gym exercises or you know weighted <laughs> uh, repetitions with weights and stuff. And I honestly am so tired when I do those things because it's like I find it very taxing to be doing that same thing. And so at that time, I took my body conditioning exercise and started making a lot of these outfits and everything. I think one just so that I could do the other thing. And then I came up with these uh, prompts in my head so I could do this. And it became very difficult to be practicing on it all the time. thought it would be fun to share this with people. So there is this uh, this this dance club, and I started like classes, not classes, it was like more like improv jams, moderated improv jams, uh, or yeah, twice a week groups. I would help people be like, like these people would come and they would be like, hey, I want to dance, but I don't know what to do, <laughs> and uh, I really want to do uh, dance, but I have no idea. What do you do? How do you do? And then all of those people were brilliant dancers, by the way. Like you know, yeah. I I was on. I was I was listening very very intently up until the point because it sounded like me. Like I want to dance, but I don't know what to do. And then you said all of them are brilliant dancers. So I just thought I'm pretty sure. You know, if you just gave yourself some time, so are you. So I'm like I'm very sure. And so that's how it started. I mean, those classes were sort of called, and that's where this that thing of ATA started. And uh, yeah, and then we uh, start like you know, we just we started doing different things, and uh, this is where we are now. And, but the idea was that, like you were saying earlier, movement is just so inherent to us, and over the last few years. My ideas have sort of solidified in some sense more. I have been able to give them some form, some sense. So yeah, it's mostly about that. Movement is so inherent to us, right? When we are breathing, we are moving. Uh, when we are talking, we are moving. This is me moving. It's just when we decide, when we put that barrier of what is dance and what is mm. not. Is when all this mess and yeah. start happening, <laughs> and then we take it to a different level of being stringent. That okay, only yeah. this is dance and this is bad dance and this is, dance, this is nothing. <laughs> you know the difference between basically noise and music. I think in yeah, think about it. But um, yeah, for me that was not the case because I realized like we movement keeps us going. Right, our body yeah. is sort of made to move. 
and moving is so like like i said inherent to us and needs to be nurtured i feel to some extent it's like even if it is not for your not because you are a fan of dancing in love with dance it could be just because you are instinctively going towards living like you want to live mm. and this is where you live so yeah. why not take care of the thing in which you live the person who's like yeah. your body which is going to stay with you for ever while not yeah. change yeah and uh, so yeah i mean for me at one point moving and working out became like change sleeping breathing because i need all of those things to live and i need this also to live because like if i can say that you know missing breakfast is bad and missing your morning workout is also not very healthy at all and i mean it's not like i'm not a stickler for this but i do try to pay a lot of attention including incorporating movement in my life to make sure my like i if i don't want to use these words fit and healthy but for the lack of a yeah. better word to stay going to stay alive right? yeah. and uh, that's what i wanted to help people with or rather share with, with people because i came from a sabbatical like i didn't do any movement related anything like i would actually sit in front of the computer go home eat go on food go back to sleep get up then do experiments and mm. whatever like i mean any researcher in this country knows what i'm talking about yeah yeah <laughs> and <laughs> they leave all their hobbies this yeah. goes out the window you have no time food. for that yeah i mean i don't think really we make time for that at some thing, like point and i know a few people like they are awesome and they are extraordinary in the fact that they keep both going but yeah so yeah i can think because i feel i have seen both of those sides and uh, i realized that i would like to share this experience and people can take whatever from it that they want like you know they can think that okay i would like to do this or they can like oh no this is not for me that's cool but the idea was to just share and see mm. uh what what is it that appeals to people about it or in general just you know it it's of any help here so that's how it all started also that's that's beautiful and i think you put it very beautifully that it's a part the body you know you're going to live in it like since you're here you might you know might as well take care of it which is which is quite interesting and it's true it is true you know you don't want to change your body uh, so i think that's a very yeah it took me some time because uh, like earlier i would take it really for granted like when mm. i was uh, practicing like on 8 hours a day as a kid and later on it came to maybe 6 hours a day but i practiced and i go to all these dance classes i do all these like perform choreograph everything it you know and i was so uh, like talky to some sense that you know i knew these things and I, and i didn't think it was uh it was something extraordinary that i could do i was just like yeah this is dance and i can do it it's cool or i practice it and then when i left it or didn't do this for a long time in practice and then i wanted to go back to it is when i realized how privileged that was 
that I used to do those things or I had trained my body to mm. those things and how happy that made me. Mm. Like, honestly, at one point, I couldn't, my knees would hurt if I started dancing for more than 15 minutes from a time when a few years ago I used to take hours a day. Mm. And it's not like I was super old or, or super ill. And uh, yeah, then I realized how much, how privileged I was and how I did it for granted. And I started getting back to it. And then after my interview, like during my interview, like I was recovering, I was like, how privileged am I that I I can still move and think of things. And I have this body. It's just extraordinary. It has this healing power. It's crazy. And uh, I don't know. Like, I really, I think I felt connected in some sense, which I never had. Uh, like, you know, we go so much of our lives, I feel not really connecting with, mm, mm. you know, I don't know what you would call with it. With nature, with nature, with your surroundings. You think of, yeah, you think of yourself, you take yourself for granted. Yeah. You take your yeah. brain for granted, you take your, you know, body for granted. Body for, yeah. yeah, I can think. But nobody realizes it's such an extraordinary thing, like, you know, the evolution of the brain, how it works, and what it can do, what thoughts are. And I don't know, I just became very, like, caught up in how I was fangirling over how to be on. And that's, I think, the end thought that, okay, I mean, try to see where it is that. The body can be pushed and the mind can be pushed. I felt this crazy sense of optimism, which I don't always feel about. <laughs> <laughs> about you know, there's nothing that one cannot do if they sort of put their minds to it. Like you always yeah. do so much of our life thinking, oh, I'm not able to do that. I can do that. That's not for me. Like for the longest time, I thought math is not for me. I hated it. And I thought I could go by my life without doing maths. And I'm studying theoretical and mathematical ecology at this point. <laughs> I love it. It's crazy. And I thought at some point I took biology in my school because like millions of other, billions of other people have my biology does math. Then I realized all of it is just math. Yeah. Then I realized that not only can I do it, I also love it. So, yeah, I, mean, I think that from here, that's where ATA started. Uh, that's where ATA evolved to be, like, providing, being able to provide that platform and that, like, safe space for people to just come and do whatever it is that they like to do. Like, and, I mean, that's, I think, where I would like to, if not ATA, then in general, I would like, I see myself. Like, you know, yes, I obviously cannot train somebody in something that I have experience with, but I can find, like, put two people in touch, you know, like mm-hmm. a student who wants to do something and somebody who knows how to do it. Because I believe that if the student wants to do it, they can. Like, mm-hmm. you just need to start with that. So I think that's where. That's where this collaborative um, platform of ATA comes forth, where we try to foster such collaborations where you stop thinking that, okay, I'm a physicist, I do not, I don't think English literature is for me. 
or you know something like that or even if it is like i'm a dancer and i also like programming but i don't think i can do both that's not that you can so what do you say yeah. is you can like you know when you put your if you put your mind to it you can and the help that they need to be able to get there is something that you your, your platform the ata is is, is there to provide yeah, like find those like you have a cool thing you want to explore and it doesn't need to get anywhere just the fact mm. that you thought of it and you wanted to do it is enough just mm. do it if it works out the way you thought it would if it doesn't something cooler will come out yeah so yeah that's what this is for to give provide that safe space for you to express yourself that can be mm. through some cool programming project some science project some i don't know so you want to make a dance piece uh, and you never thought you want to dance mm. that's so beautiful fun. that that's quite encouraging i mean i feel like i should probably like try try out things you should join some <laughs> yeah so i recently started this improv jam because it took so taxing to start like move alone practice alone in the house so we started um these uh, free classes not classes again moderated improv jams for like an hour or so and i sort of pop up the announcement like four five days before because it's really difficult sorry mm-hmm. so <laughs> yeah and i yeah you could join that okay i i look forward to that i mean let me try i always feel like i feel like a part of me feels i'm a great dancer but you know like i that's I, it that's when you <laughs> stop and start and just do it okay thank you for Don't that let you know yeah like, i think i needed no. that yeah so tell me this that you uh, on one hand there is this beautiful uh, platform and you explore things and then on the other hand expression form a very important part of the work that you do in terms of research and in terms of putting it together so uh, why the research what got you into uh, you know research i think i just got ingrained in me since <laughs> i started um you know uh when i was uh, studying uh, and then i went for research in sciences i just i i feel we are all doing that again in some sense when we are trying out a new recipe in the, at home you know and you sort of deviate from that um, uh, whatever the youtube video said and you add your own little yeah. and have improvised and then you want to take it further you are trying to research in your own way and probably not as structured not as thought out because you are unconsciously doing it and you're subconsciously doing it so it was just for me to so i don't know if you can at this point really it's the start of a research process if you are going to be very um like stringent about using the word research but uh it is about like i said figuring out where can the mind and body go when you start pushing it like uh you know for me i'm like i'll start with some very basic movement but where can where is the extent of this and then it can become uh you can think of it as on very many different axes you know like if you want to look at the mechanics of it like the movement science of it uh 
then you would think that okay like you know my arm i can raise it only till this much but if i keep doing like my arm can actually go till here my thought but if you train like so that's the idea if you want to look at the kinesiology of it, that if you start training you don't know where you will end up and mm. you can keep pushing as much as you can it's not to compare with others to compare with what you were doing yeah or whatever you were doing so what is the best way to get you there or what you know what do i need to do when i have some goal in mind and i want to reach that and it could be when it comes to kinesiology or even thinking of new movements just the fact that uh i don't know something as simple as what is it that i can do with my hands right mm. like i can uh, what movements are possible with my hands now somebody mm. from a very traditional uh, background of a specific form would think within that form mm. and it's very mm. natural and they would make cool choreographies inside that form mm. but what if somebody wanted to do more right mm. So how do you start thinking mm. without those barriers of mm. things and just look at your body and what is it capable of doing right so i can do this i can do this i can do anything like really mm. so many mm. things there are infinite mm. things i can mm. do just in this window with my hands nothing stopping me except then i put in those compartmentalizations that yeah. okay this is jazz and here comes bharatnatyam and i can mm. do only something yeah certain cases so so that's a part of that research what is it that you can do with your body and then visualizing right like a lot a part of improvisation is has to do a lot with thinking like you really put your mind to it you think about it like you know uh sometimes it's like okay my hand feels like you know when you want you crack your knuckles mm-hmm. right that's mm-hmm. a more bodily response that oh this will feel better or mm-hmm. sometimes even with movement that's the case like mm-hmm. you do this and the next movement becomes like this something yeah. it's organically yeah. sort of connected mm-hmm. but sometimes to break away from those inherent patterns that your body is set in you need to really think into it go deeper and there's that mind body connection right and that is about the visualization like you really think about what is it that can be done like if i were to think of you know what all movements can i do with my head right mm. just moving my head and somebody like me would think that i can just do it like this or you know maybe on the floor or something but a b-boy would be able to do headstands and crazy headspins and weird yeah. stuff i mean for me weird <laughs> yeah yeah i mean i'm I, i'm still training to that so anyhow <laughs> that's because i wasn't introduced to it earlier and like i didn't think of this when i was i don't know uh, 10 years old much year, you know, yeah, yeah i could do this as well yeah and uh, so yeah that's a part of that big part of that research to put these things like really solidify these ideas so that i can share them with people otherwise it comes out in a jumble like it just with <laughs> different things mm-hmm. yeah so to really formalize it in some sense the idea of uh looking beyond your training or your perceptions of stuff and uh, 
seeing where that takes you in your goal sort of keeping your goal in sight yet mm. looking beyond your training to see what are the ways you can mm. achieve it and if you think about it you can like this specific uh way of approaching things is there in everything like that's why interdisciplinary science is a thing right you want to approach something but you think a mathematician can do it better than you so you ask that person what are your thoughts on this same thing right manifestation is uh, different yeah so that's the research when it comes to movement how is it how is this research going to so this research is one part and then you have a platform right where the collaborative platform that you co-founded so is how do you see these two connecting in uh, it's just a part of uh, it sort of started together and now i feel like it is like this big umbrella until we okay. share all these things right yeah. so one of the things that i anybody is welcome to be a member of this community there are others and uh like you know artists i have met who are doing their own things and sometimes i invite them like you know would you want to share this in a community class what you are doing so what i am doing with my own movement research or my own ideas i share it with the community right and uh, similarly and so i at this point host classes for it as well like uh, personal training classes or even like community classes or like i said the improv dance uh and right now that's because like it's just be doing all of these things yeah. and if somebody else wants to come and volunteer or also because it's just you know we are still figuring out where can yeah, we yeah. go mm. and once it's a, a bigger umbrella yeah you'll have to also join in so mm. that's how it all connects basically it's just mm. an umbrella under which you stand and chill with people mm. doing what is it that you want to do mm. and i i saw some of your work and one there are two components to it so one component that i found extremely fascinating is you took a collection of tagore songs and you know how they are right. performed and, and you have kind of improvised on those so how did that come around did it come around because we are all sort of bengalis and you know we we grew up to dancing in a certain way to those songs or yeah. how what was your um, thought process No, I think I moved out of uh, Bengal, but like a long time ago, and I didn't. I don't know. I don't think I got a chance to connect that way with it. But no, uh, it was mostly. Um, it was a very funny collaboration. So I, during the lockdown, I was uh, there. Like just before the lockdown happened in India, we had all these plans for stage performances and choreographies that we were going to do. and then after lockdown we realized that that's not happening for a long time and uh, i got in touch with a few dance companies and who did work similar to mine they have been such a support and inspiration so they sort of um pushed me a little bit towards filming uh, i love photography and i have this like I have been a serious photographer for some time now, and I only would do filming just to record my music practice so that I could go back and check what's happening. 
and after like i started talking to these uh, people we started making these small uh, videos at home i just you know i thought that okay so if this is something i would do for stage how am i going to do it on camera and that's how i went into the rabbit hole of filmmaking and dance films and like i call it a rabbit hole because that's what it was for me like i that's what i would do like for such a long time and explore things and you know uh, whatever i was doing with movement research i started applying to this <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, i put out these films uh, on instagram we had this uh, thing that we shared with all of these things and a friend of mine long time ago, like in college we used to be friends and like that things anyway and he called me one day after like four years or something <laughs> and he said uh, you know i saw these um, things and uh, the films reminded me of this one filmmaker and i'm like okay wow and then he said uh, would you want to so i have this thing idea would you want to sort of take up the filming and photographic and editing aspects of it i said yes we can work on that and that's how so he has i think of five parting i don't i get to work those mm-hmm. and so that's how those two started coming about it. yeah and he uh, he did the translation so his idea was that uh there is this one person who's an artist and uh very few people know about him beyond uh his own community and culture and uh people you know are either very afraid to uh, tinker with his work because they hold him at this pedestal where mm-hmm. he's untouchable and mm-hmm. not just another artist mm-hmm. uh and or other people um disregard it they don't think it's uh contemporary enough or relatable enough mm-hmm. and uh, he was somewhere in the middle so am i that it's an it's an artist's work and mm-hmm. i am free to like you know explore my ex- like you know ideas within mm-hmm. his work as long as i credit him for it right mm-hmm. so uh, his idea was that he wants to interpret this person's work in more contemporary senses making it more relatable to people uh around uh, you know around him and so he made a translation and then he got his friends to sing it and uh, like make that ambient mix of the music and the song and the translation he sent me the copy and then i recorded some stuff that and it was not very li- literal right i mean hmm. the idea was i took that piece of music as a prompt in some sense that what is it that i think of when i see this what movement comes to my mind or what do i what is this picture that comes into my head and hmm. that's all not that this person says okay this mm-hmm. this this happens so i sort of mm-hmm. show that with dance mm-hmm. it wasn't that narrative mm-hmm. wasn't narrative mm-hmm. at all mm-hmm. so yeah so we just went there and recorded uh, with my friend first one and the other one uh, this person who translated it recorded and we did what we could in the 
No, it was it was why, yeah. Why it stood out for me was because I have never seen something like that. What I've seen is more like a narrative, you know, like the narrative flows yeah. through, and that is very common, which what you see. Uh, but what you did was something that that was relatable because you were like, okay, so here is this something that stood out. It stands out. It stood out for me, and I'm pretty sure it stood out for many people. So, um, so very well done, and that that's where I can see how you know you talk about thinking and the visualization. I think how that plays a very important role in in the work that you do. So, Preeta, tell me, like movement, and uh, have you, in your experience thus far, found it to be quite um, like a therapy for people who really find it hard or challenging to express themselves, or to you know are dealing with I don't know so many different issues? Have they ever come to you, or have you, you know, in your experience, found it to be something that they? Really love because it's it's therapeutic. It's helped them in that way. That's why I started. Okay. Movement. <laughs> Now, because somebody told me to, but I was just thinking, what is it that will make me feel better right now? And I have never been a very like a uh, sedentary person, and I realized that was probably the. problem i cannot sit like this for a long time without doing something and so it was therapeutic for me and uh, i mean i i am not saying it in a very again a stringent like a strict sense because mm. i don't i haven't studied uh, methods of therapy or anything i do wish to but anyway so yeah i mean dance movement therapy is a, a discipline in itself right mm. and there is so much brilliant work going on there and i wish to someday learn yeah uh, but i do have had people who's uh, who have been advised professionally like the five professionals that they should come and you know like join any movement class and just see where it takes them uh and they thankfully i'm very grateful that they you know decided to they called me they mostly are like colleagues or people i have known in my circle mm. like they approached me and they're like you know i have seen you do this and you just and <laughs> i remember one person was like i see you dancing without music in that room <laughs> so yeah and she was like i want to do that i i want to dance sometime in my room and i can't seem to i don't know what to do and yeah so i met so many of them actually and uh, yeah and that's why uh, like and those are the for the beginnings of why i started to make this interaction to people also just to you know give them that space to explore if they like what they did they will then go ahead and do it go ahead and do it And what's the contra? What's the uh, relationship of music with dance in in the work that you do, specifically with the movement? Uh, yeah, what's the what, and what's the importance of it in in your work as well? I'm very grateful that you added in time. <laughs> Otherwise, it's uh, yeah, it's as a broad thing. No, I'm just interested in your work. Ah. <laughs> uh, never thought about it like that but people have like commented on uh how in my classes i really teach music uh sometimes i do but uh mostly not uh 
when i first started dancing uh, like re in rediscovered movement for myself at that time i would put on music and very specific music songs that i already knew because it helped me go into that process of iteration where i kept uh, improvising on the same song it sort of took out one aspect of the uh jumble that i know what's coming so now i can change my movement with it uh so that made it simpler and uh, so that's one phase of my work which which i still do i keep playing something on loop and i uh, improvise to it uh and then there came a phase where i was i mean it's not like phase phase but part where i also uh you know in complete silence i'm going to uh, i mean without active music playing i'm going to complete silence because i do observe when the neighbors the pressure cooker is whistling <laughs> or you know there's a car passing by and nowadays a lot of ambiences anyway so yeah i would just listen to the environment around me and improvise to that or i would try to also shut it out and just you know as much as i can not pay attention to the music or uh, so, uh, the sounds around me and uh, improvise the reason i do that is so that i can really look at the dynamics of the body and how it can and like when i want to be you know connect with my body in some sense like do something new or uh, you know if i'm just starting out and i'm like oh i'm you know it's uh, i'm stiff here so maybe i'll try a new kind of stretch or i'll do this or what is it that i can do with my knees today what kind of movements can come up with that when i'm really thinking into it i feel like i don't need that music if it's there it's probably not going to bother me but i don't need it mm. and that's some what some of my students also keep saying they are like i'm amazed that i spent like a 90 minute class without any music and didn't feel the absence of that music so there's that part and then there's a part where i use the music as a prop as well you know sometimes and that really depends on how is it that i'm feeling that day that if i feel blocked and if i can't think of anything it's too stressful to stay in that silence then i put on music and i let that music guide my movement so there is like music has a very complicated relationship <laughs> with my work like there are all these three things that i mm. do use that use diegetic sounds like from the environment mm. not use any sound and also use music for uh guiding those movements or use music as a you know uh, something to take my mind off things so yeah. mm. but if you are that is in my own practice but if you are going to talk about when i put out like when i'm thinking of a piece that is meant for an audience or something that i'm going to share with people um then i also do this thing where it's a post production thing so i'll record the movement whatever it is with or without music and then i'll it's like another kind of choreography i'm going to put different mm-hmm. music to it and edit it with the music so that the two seem sort of seamless in some sense and uh, it's not necessarily the music that i dance with 
and uh, it's a yeah, I mean, that's what it is. It's like a choreography, and I'll put a few music to it and see what is it that you know gets the point across. And I do that as well. And sometimes we do the choreograph the entire thing, or if I'm improvising, improvise it, then I edit it, and then I put it uh, to some composer or friend who goes through the footage and makes the music from the scratch for it. So, like a post hoc music production specifically for that piece. So that also is there. That's beautiful. And how much when, so there are two aspects. So one aspect is that you perform and you teach and you know you're part of a community. And then one aspect is you do your own practice, like what we were talking about before we got came on record. So how different are these two? And um, is this the same or how, what, what do you do for your own practice, for your own self to be in this neutral zone of creativity? Yeah. Okay. Now that you mention it, it sometimes becomes very taxing to maintain all of those yeah. in some sense. Like give time for my own practice yeah. as well as uh, do community outreach or work for that. I sometimes try to integrate both. Like I, when I am uh, taking a class, I also take that class. Like when I'm. I also try to attend that class as a student. (laughs) Yeah. So I, you know, I move with the people Mm -hmm. as well. So that's there. Um, My practice isn't wholly different from the classes at all. I do not, I do not uh, make my students do something that I probably wouldn't try or Mm -hmm. I'm not comfortable with. Uh, there are things like some of my students are capable of doing much more than I can, like physically. So I will tell them that, you know, you can do this. So go ahead, do it. I am still training for it. So, yeah. But uh, in my own practice, I also, it's much more, um, of course, I will meet my students once a week or twice a week. And I try to work out almost every day. So my practice is much more thorough in that sense. And uh, not all of my students wish to be that involved. They want to just, you know, they, different people have different goals. Right. Uh, some of, When they are, they want to be really thorough, then I can sort of integrate my practice with them. Otherwise, uh, not so much. And I really, but I learn so much, you know, that right. informs my practice right. after the right. class. And yeah, so I definitely have to give uh, like separate, less separate time in my practice. And it's not different from my what I teach, but uh, it is much more thorough. I think that's how I summarize it. I don't know if I answered your questions. If you no, want, you did. Yeah, go on. If I want. Yeah, I don't know if I answered your questions. <laughs> no, no, you, no, no, you did. I was going to come to this interesting part. Like dancing is one thing that you're trained in, but you're also trained in yoga. So, yeah. so what yoga did you train in, and did it help? Uh, did it help the with the movement that you're doing, the work that you're doing today, or is it something just to help you? You know, help with the mind and not so much with the body. Yeah. How does it work with you? Yeah. So again, with the labels, (laughs) 
um i didn't think about what you guys were saying uh and this started with my dance class actually so my uh, one of my uh, teachers is tanushri shankar and uh, there i learned to dance and in her a uh, school uh, so of uh, you know used to be uh, that one and a half hour class at 45 minutes of yoga and 45 minutes of dance so that's where it started and then i took it uh, fourth by myself like i must say i'm self trained in it and some people might find very little credibility in it so i'm not going to <laughs> yeah so again i don't know what kind of yoga it yoga. is that mm-hmm. i trained in but uh uh yeah i mean again i just took like but i think i do focus a lot on flows like mm. not just holding poses holding but yeah. yeah but on making it into a movement flow mm. informed from my yoga practice now now i do not i think solely do that mm. 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 like that yoga flow informs my the movement that i'm doing and then i sort of in some sense it gets integrated i mean i don't think about it too much mm. but yeah it forms a part of who you are i think you know yeah it's like it's yeah. come through it's come through after all these years so now let's like we're almost like close to an hour so i have these very important questions that i have to ask you know one is like yeah. <laughs> no no one of them is like uh, the projects like i know performing arts definitely has some support from the organizations the big organizations they support but then there's also this lack of funds you know for performing artists across the world and it's a situation that's happening you know all over the world you can see them struggling there are brilliant artists like yourself and you know there are you need funds to be able to uh, put a piece together say for example so if somebody wants to fund your project uh, or if it's a crowdfunding that you would sort of look for so where do people find details for that there are uh, some resources uh, firstly i think just typing the keywords into google helps a lot also yeah and that is enough to take you forward thanks to google but um, specifically there are these um, again there is no curated place for mm. uh, like i i can find a lot of curated places for uh, india and you know, other countries like that because usually mostly i have found websites which talk about american uh, you know funds available to american mm-hmm. people or european people like that so in india i know there is this one place called on instagram there's this account called open call india it's amazing like they will list out uh, all kinds of uh, deadlines and opportunities and stuff like that then there's dancingopportunities.com uh, so i know all of these uh, sources on the internet um if somebody is looking for uh, studying uh performing arts or performing studies and dance specifically then i have a, a friend uh called sarah horn she has this one a website that she's putting together called roll call or something i can send you a list of mm-hmm. things if you are without that so she guides people through their college applications so uh yeah 
I think uh, those are the two that come to my mind right now because mm. um, yeah, mostly those two. But I usually start with the Google search. Mm. and then i don't then you let let and and when your projects come through so if you are sort of designing something and you're putting you're putting a project together and uh, you would seek funds so would that information be on your web page like where people can know yes, about it so if we are funded by some company or organization or person i usually put up the names of donors or something mm. bodies mm. uh, so far we have only been self funded except for some donations and uh nothing to support us with the beach grant uh yeah so as and when we receive the commission okay okay and there and is also, this yeah go on no no you go so on, I, sorry i was going to uh like add a resources page to the website yeah Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah, that's what I was coming to because you know sometimes you might get independent investors who probably want to invest in something and a kind of a donation that might as well take your work forward. So so that was uh, that's brilliant and that's fascinating. So before you go and before I let you go, so I know you spent about 8 months and like a long period of time on a wheelchair and all you could do was work on the upper body because you know your lower body was really like recovering. So what were the main important so if now like we are sitting on zoom and you know it's like it's like a very stable position so if i were to ask you to teach me or just share a few movement pieces that we could do which ones would it be you want me to <laughs> okay so uh, okay firstly when i was in my reach in the uh, like not able to move it was my ankle so i could still do a lot of different stuff like you know floor bar exercises floor work i mean oh sitting here we can do any floor work you want to right i mean yeah i mean you can go what were the most simple okay yeah, i'm just going to try i'm i, I, I don't think i'm doing it right am i doing it right okay. yeah you are right. you are okay why don't I you am. tell me like if i were to you know what if okay 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 i'll tell you um so give me a number and give me any number from 0 to 9 4 now draw that with your hands draw 4 with my hands oh that's like that's right. my conditioned brain like i'm just going to write four like that i don't know it's okay now four. think of different ways like now think of you painting in the you know in the air think there is like paint all over you okay yeah and every time you move any body part there is a uh you can paint in paper right so now paint a four paint a four so like and maybe that and then i yeah, forgot how four you, so you made a movement yeah so see that's yeah. your that's your ah, dance brilliant you can, see, i, I, I can, can do yeah i can do that you can paint yeah, a yeah. four right i could do it that you way could. as well i could do it yeah yeah, I, you yeah. Could, i don't know so many fours um, yeah you could paint a four with your shoulder and this your dance yeah right with your head so you could do that with three things and you have a movement so beautiful see i'm going to do that Just for the rest of think. the day that's the yeah, main thing now think about all the thing all the you can draw with every little part of your body anything mm. you want and you can literally draw anything and to start with you have all the numbers like you said you love numbers 
Yeah. And then you have all the letters of the alphabet. Then you have different languages in their alphabets, if you want. <laughs> so knock yeah. yourselves. Yeah, maybe I should come to what I'm looking forward to attending one of the sessions, you know, we'll learn something. So that was, that's brilliant. That's fascinating. So any last thoughts, Britta, that you have? Um, I'm just very happy that uh, you found me and <laughs> we are here having this chat because it was extremely nice to get to know you and what you're doing. And that's what I'm just very grateful, you know, that... Uh, you sort of initiated this thing and I got to know of another cool organization and <laughs> I can chat with somebody. And I would Thank love you. to sort of, you know, get to know of your other projects and stuff that you're yeah. doing. And, you know, I think we would, yeah. I think we would sort of look forward to a collaboration at some point with the movement work because I think it's fascinating what you're doing and I'm personally fascinated so I want to learn more about it because I'm one of those people like sitting in front of the laptop and just, just like then lying down and be like, oh, I know my back hurts, my you know, arm hurts and everything hurts and I don't know why. <laughs> I clearly know why but I'm not willing to do anything about it. But uh, yeah, but that's how it is. Well, lovely. It was lovely chatting to you, Britha. And uh, I wish you all the best. I want the world to find you. And I want you to go, you know, for far off places and talk about this because this is what we need. You know, everybody needs to move. It's inherent to us. It's it's a part of who we are. And uh, thank you for this amazing, amazing morning. Uh, but thank you very much. Thank you so much.